0: The really
1: tall one yes the really tall one with the kind of janky face um <laughs> it's so.
0: exactly what i had like exactly what i wrote down oh my god his penis was so distracting
1: <laughs> i referred to mark ruffalo as the guy that ruined the kids all right right? so <laughs> Welcome to the Amateur Movie Critics Podcast. I'm Red, and this is my co-host.
0: I'm Peter. (laughs) Um,
1: (laughs) And we are a brand new podcast, you know, as evidenced by the whole episode one thing. We are basically here to talk about movies. I personally, you know, love movies. You as well love movies, right? Um, Oh, yeah.
0: Well, yeah, I wouldn't be doing this, right?
1: Yeah. (laughs) We love the bad movies, the good movies, the whatever movies. We're here to uh, watch, review, and talk about them all. Good, bad, or indifferent. So, I mean, I guess sort of jumping right in here. Today's episode, we are going to be reviewing 13 Going on 30.
0: I mean, what color is my
1: tongue? What?
0: What? <laughs> what color is my tongue? Just what color? Red. Is it? I don't
1: know. Red.
0: Red. Red, or, or tongue red?
1: Mine's red.
0: Show me yours. What? Show me your tongue. Okay. Come on, I showed you mine.
1: Showing you my tongue.
0: Show me your tongue. Come on, Matt, I showed you mine. What does to see yours? Mary, I need to see your tongue.
1: Thirteen going on thirty. Just to give you a little bit of a breakdown here. It's a 2004 movie that was directed by Gary Winnick and written by Joseph Goldsmith and Kathy Uspa. It's starring Jennifer Garner, Mark Ruffalo, and Judy Greer. It got a 6.1 out of 10 on IMDb and a 64% on Rotten Tomatoes. You know, so for every, every, every movie that we're gonna do, I'm gonna give a lovely little plot synopsis, probably the one that you can find on Google. Um, so, 13 going on 30. Uh, a girl who's sick of social strictures of junior high is transformed into a grown-up overnight. In in this feel-good fairy tale, teenager Jenna, uh, Krista B. Allen, wants a boyfriend, and when she's unable to find one, she fantasizes about being a well-adjusted adult. Suddenly, her secret desires become a reality, and she's transformed into a thirty year old Jennifer Garner. But adulthood, with its own set of male female challenges, isn't as easy as it looks. Uh yeah. <laughs> I always find the plot synopsis is to be pretty vague.
0: <laughs> no, no, I agree. Um Transform is not the correct term about what she did, but we could we could go into that later.
1: Uh yeah. Sort of a I guess wizard of oz sort of situation so what were your initial thoughts on the movie you know like you watched it and as you were getting into it what did you feel
0: i i've, I've never even heard of the movie before I'm, i don't know because it came out when i was like in i don't know like in middle school not in middle school i I don't know it was, I was like 15 when this movie came out so it was not in my like i don't know i wasn't paying attention to it so i've <laughs> never heard of it so i had no nothing going in um, I really liked it. I liked it a lot, actually.
1: Yeah. Um, I mean, I actually, I think I watched this in 2004 when it came out, and I did the math. Um, I was not good at math, so I'm still not good at math. So I think I was 11 when this came out, and I loved this movie. I have loved chick flicks ever since the day i was a little chick um so my my initial thoughts of this movie when i first saw it and now thinking about it fondly is one of those movies that every once in a while come on tv and i'll be like oh yeah i love this movie let's totally watch it and you know play on our ipads and not pay attention because i already know what's happening yeah it's a it's a fun silly movie i mean it's basically uh what's it what did it say uh Feel good fairy tale. Yep, that's it. Um,
0: that's it. It's actually a very accurate description of the movie.
1: Yeah. Um, so I guess sort of jumping into the the recap review portion, which is sort of the meat and potatoes of the of every episode. Um, before we start this, I guess I didn't say earlier. Spoiler warning, listeners, if you don't want to get spoiled on this before you watch it go watch it and come back and listen to us please because we need listeners jumping in here we've got the first scene with um jenna and the awesome 80s music starting up already
0: yeah i really i really love the 80s portion of this movie
1: you know i don't know why i i have a great affinity for the 80s i've seen lots of I've seen lots of things set in the 80s, not quite movies I set in the 80s, not from the 80s. To be clear here, so I'm not entirely sure how accurate most of this was, but I liked it.
0: Oh, I'm not sure either because the opening scene is 87, that's when I was born, so I'm not,
1: yeah. I, mean, <laughs> I am a child of the 90s through and through, so I have absolutely no experience with the 80s whatsoever. Um the time of the scrunchie was before me. So the first the first line of dialogue, which I thought was great, was Jenna getting pushed in front of the whole, you know, uh, picture day sky background thing. And the kid behind her says, move it, darkest," And then we immediately get pushed into a bad picture day cliche uh, where basically the photographer does exactly what every movie photographer does and takes a picture at the least opportune moment.
0: And called her. And he called her Gina too, which I thought was really funny. Actually, I just I I referred to her as Gina throughout all my notes after that.
1: Uh, that's perfect because I referred to Mark Ruffalo as the guy that ruined the kids' all right. Right. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that movie actually made me hate Mark Ruffalo a lot. Um, I sort of got over it after the Avengers thing, but for a while there, um, so. It's, it's Jenna's birthday, so her stalker comes up and takes a picture of her, and then another one, and another one. And it's starting to get creepy already.
0: Oh, I know. Just so creepy. Little Beaver, or Little, little Ruffalo. I call him Beaver in my notes. Just like, <laughs> I just can't imagine being that creepy yeah, all the time.
1: I don't, I don't know. I mean, she should have noticed a while ago either that he had it bad for her or that he was a serial killer secretly. And, I don't know, when he grew up and became just like Dexter, she would be his first victim. So, (laughs) enters the uh, plastics, you know, the six chicks. uh, (laughs) Reference to Mean Girls, if you've ever watched it. Uh, Yes, I've seen Mean Girls many times. Which is a movie that I hope we will review in the future. Which, you know... Given the, or I guess as a side note for the listeners, if you have any recommendations for movies that you want us to watch and review, please uh, send those to us. I will plug an email address in the bottom of the episode for where you can email us about your movie ideas. Uh, Thanks. Uh, Anyway, back to the plastics. We have the leader of the plastics and her four clones, including the one girl in the back who's, uh not to be the mean... Really- the
0: really tall one.
1: Yes, the really tall one with the kind of janky face. It's um, <laughs> exactly
0: so, what I had. Like exactly what I wrote down. I was like, "Do they always have a tall one?"
1: They do. Um, yeah. So uh, this this chick. Oh, Tom Tom. That's what they call her. Like the GPS. Uh yeah. I referred to her as Rentintin because I didn't remember her name until they said it. So <laughs> Rentintin talks to Beaver and. Um, jenna and they do the whole big old bully bitchy cliche and she's like oh well you know we can come to your party if you do our homework for us so of course she agrees because she's a teenage girl and she wants to be popular uh and she wants to become the seventh six chick right
0: yeah and as as beaver so appropriately uh points out because he's great at math you, you can't have seven six chicks
1: uh, yeah, it's mathematically impossible. So, <laughs> I think Jenna was looking more to um defeat one of the six chicks in a uh, Highlander's type situation and take her power and become the sixth six chick and work her but way to the next.
0: Technically, that happens, right? Like we don't know which one died or what happened to one of them.
1: I don't know. I honestly think that magical wishing dust entirely wiped one of the six chicks from existence and before that they were the five chicks hopefully that or you know jenna did defeat her in mortal combat and absorbed her powers and got that special scrunchy thing that they all wore i think so you know uh at the after the whole cutesy goodbye thing that her stalker and her do gina jenna <laughs> um <laughs> The, uh, and the girl next door cliche, by the way, because there's not even a fence between their houses.
0: No, there's not. And those houses look really fake.
1: They do. Um, you know, I think they're supposed to sort of match the Jenna Dream house, um, which was also creepy. So creepy. I hated that so much.
0: You're also, we're also forgetting about the craziest part of this movie, which is the Razzles product placement.
1: Yes! Um, what color is my tongue?
0: Just so... I had no idea what Razzles was. I had to look it up.
1: Uh, the only reason I ever ate Razzles was because of this movie. Um, and when I did, they're, you know, they're pretty good. Razzles are good. Um, I don't, I don't think know. all Razzles are red, though.
0: I really hate gum. Like, I just hate gum. <laughs> so a candy that turns into a gum? Just no. No. I'm not
1: no. gonna yeah it's it, in that case, it's not very good because it's it's it breaks into hard pieces that then turns into gum, so there's a bunch of little oh. pieces of gum in your mouth
0: oh that sounds awful uh
1: it is and it's also sour um and the gum is really the the gum is gumball gum, so it's very very tough.
0: because okay. um, I was wondering about like the melting point of razzle's because he had that in his pocket what had to be for a long time it it's like and then a, he just pulls a out of uh, anyway. <laughs> anyway, uh, I'm gotta, stuck on that Razzles thing for a very long time.
1: <laughs> you got to eat those Razzles um, to be cool, or to no to be hipster because no one else eats Razzles. Um, they they can't believe you know, 17 years later that they still had Razzles from the 80s. So we get to the uh, the whole the, the awesome 80s music dancing in the bedroom scene.
0: It was like the posters on the wall, the kissing the television. Mm-hmm.
1: The parents coming in and recording her 13th birthday. The, the exact line, how do you feel now that you're a teenager? It was great, and I like that right before her mother leaves. Uh, after, after, of course, the lightly veiled foreshadowing, which uh, having seen the movie before, I noticed a few things that probably you'd only notice if you'd seen it a second time the 30 flirty and thriving magazine she looked at the mm-hmm. photo shoot uh, in that magazine was done in the apartment she had in the uh, 17 years later as she was 30
0: oh wow good catch
1: yeah I, I was I was like wait a second that's the place that's the apartment so either so this is lending to my slight theory that this was all a dream maybe maybe I don't know Uh eh. Everyone who I've talked to says, no, it wasn't a dream, it was magic. Getting to the magic and the Michael Jackson dancing, which is always appreciated no matter what what decade it is. Her stalker comes back and gives her the creepiest gift you've ever seen.
0: I thought that was really sweet, actually. It,
1: it was sweet, but there, there were parts of it that I just thought, he's coming on a little strong, and if she doesn't realize that he is carrying the biggest girl next door torch for her in the world. Then she is her brain is full of cotton, and it was cuz she just wanted to be cool and become the 76 chick.
0: That's true. But he also he also ruined that really nice gift with all that glitter. Yeah. Which is something else I hate a
1: lot. Yeah, cuz that glitter, that glitter as evidence never came off. For 17 years that glitter sat on the roof of that house.
0: Even a- even after it was destroyed and he rebuilt it.
1: Yep. Um, the six chicks are here, and Chris Grandy. woo Chris, Bobby Brady. They're, is they're... that who that is? Hell no. Um. Oh. Okay. Um, He's just he sort of like a a replica of Bobby Brady, but uh, you know, the this is a 2004 movie, so I think what am I thinking? Actor... Yeah, it's
0: 2004. I it's just like all those like old scenes feel like a 80s movie. Even yeah. looks like an 80s movie.
1: You know it does, which I really like. Um maybe the camera the the quality is a little bit higher than an eighties movie, but it did f- it did feel eighties ish. Anyway, we see the whole Matt goes to get his what was it? It was a some sort of his
0: um his keytar. Uh, it was his... a keytar. I don't know what he called it specifically. Oh God. But it was a keyboard guitar. Nice. So he goes Oh he and... called it his Casio. Oh uh... but it was a guitar
1: okay, thank you Matt. um Matt uh, what was his last name uh what was it half Flem half thank you it... yeah, I had an appropriate name I had to pause when they showed it on screen that sound that is the exact spelling of what not exact spelling, but basically that's the spelling you would use if someone was hacking something up <laughs> um so Matt half runs off to get his keytar. Um I, I think I just called it a piccolo, which is nothing like a guitar. Um oh, And the six chicks are ready to play their joke on Jenna. Not before they get their, their um, project proposal. Uh, and then they're out of here. Cause, and
0: then they steal all of her food.
1: Yeah, I noticed that. I was like, oh, where are you going with all the food?
0: I'm not saying I've never done that before, that's so mean.
1: I mean, being an equal opportunity eater of many different foods, I'd feel bad if I left the party immediately, but they even took the bowl the chips was in. (laughs) Like, they were just out that door, and that bowl of cupcakes was my dream. Uh, They all run past Matt, and before Rintintin leaves, she tells him... Jenna's in the closet waiting for you. And he is just so excited. So every stalker's dream come true. She's blindfolded. She's in the closet. And uh, basically, he's making zero noise. That's when the dollhouse hits the fan. She was waiting for the Chris Grandy dude. Yeah. And, you know, oh, Chris. Chris, it's not Chris, it's Matt. (laughs) That's basically when her. What was it? She blamed them leaving on him. I can't believe she didn't realize they were horrible by this point. And oh yeah, then it's time for Jennifer Garner to come, and she wants to be what thirty flirty and thriving, right?
0: Yeah, that's exactly what she wants to be.
1: Uh, and she gets her wish, cause boy, oh boy, she wakes up as Jennifer Garner in that awesome apartment from the magazine, and what was it? She has that awesome looking in the mirror cliché, right?
0: Yeah, with like the touching her face. Oh yeah. I think she like checks her gums as well. Like <laughs> it's just so bizarre.
1: Uh and oh yeah, also her boobs and she runs around the apartment holding her boobs. By the way, they're
0: so fantastic.
1: Oh yeah, they're awesome. They're just the best. Um they're not huge. Uh I guess they're bigger than a 13-year-old, so she's happy about it. Yeah. So, her after her falling over the couch, we see naked guy and she doesn't. I don't know this guy's name. I'll probably refer to him as naked guy for the rest of the podcast. Uh, nor do I care about his name. Maybe I'll call him Vanilla Ice.
0: But you know what? I didn't write his name down either.
1: I I feel like I don't know. I I f- it was
0: Wayne. No, no, it
1: wasn't. I don't know. It was. Well, we'll figure it out. It was some. I don't know. Dirk Square Jaw. That's his name. Naked Guy comes around after she finds out that this is her apartment and that her parents went on a cruise without her. Which that's the thing that she's most upset about right now. So Naked Guy comes out and well, he's he's naked and uh sweet bottom, so <laughs> no, it was she was sweet bottom to him and he was naked guy, right? Yeah. Uh so uh, the umbrella thing I immediately thought the point on the end of that umbrella would make me jump out of the way and not just catch it.
0: I yeah, I don't trust umbrellas. No. Especially when they're like opening up in my direction.
1: Yeah. because you know, they have those crazy point on the end and she threw that directly at him. Um and he caught it crotching. Yeah, he crotch he was naked.
0: Yeah. Just like no. Not at all.
1: No, I would dive out of the way and not care about um oh about her seeing my thingy. So she runs outside, and she, she sees Rin Tin Tin, who she does not recognize, and she... Oh, she doesn't get in the car with strangers.
0: No, obviously not. Judy Greer is the best part of this movie.
1: She is. I loved everything about her. She was, she was the most realistic, because she was an actual corporate bitch.
0: She's, like, the best part of everything, though. I really like her. Oh, yeah. In everything she's in.
1: Right. Uh, I'm trying to remember what else I've seen her from But I know I, I always see her face I didn't even know her name until I looked it up I always see her in things and I'm like she's the best uh,
0: She plays like the mom in everything Like she was like the mom in Ant-Man And she was the mom in Jurassic World I, Like, but, but she's still I, man, she's, I love her and everything
1: I, I am definitely a Judy Greer fan And now that I know her name I can say I'm a Judy Greer fan she played her role exactly the way that a corporate backstabbing bitch would. And she was it she leads Jenna to her job as the editor of her favorite magazine from when she was 13, right?
0: Yep, and they're co-editors, right?
1: Yeah, I think so. They're they're co-editors. That also leads again to my theory. I think this is a dream or maybe that magic wishing dust made her dreams come true. At the expense of her stalker, maybe. I don't know. Either way, she's a tough bitch. Oh, sorry. She's a a tough bitch. (laughs) So she's ready to go in there, and the first decision she makes is peanut M&Ms.
0: Oh my god, that M&M joke. (laughs) That is something I would say. I I was like, that is me right now.
1: I know. What's your decision on M&M? Peanut, of course. I guess... You know, being from the 80s, she had no idea. Having missed out on the last 17 years of her life, she did not witness the inception of Eminem. So, you know, plain plain or peanut. That's true. Did you notice, it, besides the fact that Jenna's a little hungover today, these, these magazine things, all, all of these magazine covers that, I guess, oh, Sparkle, the, their, their competitor magazine, Sparkle, Has stolen all of their covers. All of these celebrities double booked these magazines for the same month.
0: Yeah, I noticed that. Why would whose manager is doing this? I. That's just. It's bad. It's really bad. And not only that, like for a magazine that's failing, their magazine is everywhere, in every background. Yeah, it is. Um, they're
1: for sale, not sold. Um, because they are they're under six hundred thousand, and they are thinking about the R word. So, watch out. So the whole, you know, Jenna's trying to figure out where she is, what she's doing. They, she goes into her office and is searching around her things, and a little bit of light foreshadowing. Also, from the apartment too. No, this was in the apartment. Um, she's flipping through all of her mail, you know, Jenna rink, Jenna rink. And she pulls up a sparkle envelope. So I guess that was sort of the uh, clue that she's been doing bad things for a while.
0: Which makes me, which makes me think that like, um, like Tom Tom was actually like the good one. Like Tom Tom was the one actually like trying to help the magazine. Where I feel like Tom Tom,
1: Rin whatever her name is, wouldn't have been against it because she was just that sort of person. But she didn't. She, what did she say? She said she's surprised she didn't think of it. So that means Jenna surpassed her level of evil.
0: Yeah, and she's just like not smart enough to like steal yeah. from her own company. I mean, the, I mean,
1: she yeah, she did have sort of a good corporate strategy there. Only, I mean, if you're a total asshole, only in the way that you know, screw this entire magazine. I get to be editor in chief of the next place. Truly evil, but you know she's moving up in that on that corporate ladder. So her her secretary gives her the information that she wanted. Her very afraid secretary who doesn't want to be fired. How evil was she that this secretary is shaking, literally shaking, and afraid of her? Did she hit her before? Did she throw things? Because she was, like, flinching every time she moved.
0: I don't know. I don't... That's like an HR lawsuit. Maybe she was just, like, swinging things in her direction all the time.
1: Maybe. I don't know. Maybe she... Maybe she really was that horrible and just, she was one of those people who screamed and threw things in general directions but never quite hit anyone.
0: But it also makes me wonder if that place has an HR department.
1: I, I don't know. I didn't, I didn't see many, and many bad things happening. I mean, Renton seemed okay. She seemed to like her secretary lady. Uh, every, everyone seemed okay. Yeah. I guess Jenna was the most horrible person there until she comes back from her 13-year-old wish, and then she is just so innocent and sweet. Uh, so she's got to find Mark Ruffalo. She tries a hail cab and doesn't. And at that point, I think she probably walked, like, what is 20 blocks in New York City.
0: She definitely didn't take the subway.
1: N- no, yeah, because where was she? She was from a neighborhood in New York. Um, I don't know... I I don't know if they said it or not, but I'm just assuming she was in some sort of not quite New York, but still in the state, like sort of suburby area. She was in suburbia. Um yeah. up until that point we're assuming that she'd never been to New York proper. So she didn't take the subway, she didn't take a taxi. She walked twenty blocks to uh Matt Flemhaf's house with the crappy door buzzer so just buzz twice if you're mongolian mark ruffalo at this point uh, i don't remember why watching it this time around i'm not i'm sort of over my hate for mark ruffalo after the kids are all right even though he did that movie after this one he's still kind of looking good from his formative years sort of like he's not as puffy as he is now i i feel bad what saying it, that, but he's a little... I think Tom little... Tom
0: said he lost uh, the beaver fat. I think that's what she said.
1: <laughs> well, you know, it's double entendre. Um, that's all <laughs> I'm saying. Uh, so, uh, was it her stalker or ex-stalker, Matt, thinks that she fell down the K-hole? smoking pot doing x falling in a hole you doing drugs and she has a freak out when she when he when he tells her that they're not friends anymore yeah i mean he he says that right to her face we're not friends anymore
0: i don't know i have a hard time believing that because according to him after she like freaked out on him she like threw the house and like yelled at him was like we're not friends anymore and then in her timeline, this is like the same day, right? So all of a sudden, they're not friends anymore. She's freaking out?
1: Uh, I mean, she's still trying to wrap her head around it. She, probably, she may think this is a dream, but she's freaking out enough that obviously she believes this is real life now. And she yeah. wants a fluffy pillow.
0: Just a, the biggest, fluffiest pillow. Uh, yes,
1: and a glass of water. And she needs to sit down and...
0: <laughs> he... And then they're magically outside.
1: Yeah, he still thinks she's high by this point because he want yeah. he wants to know if she needs help finding her home.
0: Yeah, and asking for water is not going to help the the idea that she's taking E. That's
1: yeah, she fell down that K hole so hard. Um, she she is she needs help getting home. She doesn't know who she is. Uh, Mark Ruffalo Beaver thinks that she needs help, even though honestly. He's being too nice to her for what she did to him, whether or not she knows it.
0: I mean, he is.
1: It may be a 17-year-old thing that happened, but she blew him off after that and became the 7th 6th chick. I, I never looked at the, at the picture when she said I was a 6th chick. Which one was missing?
0: It, it wasn't the tall one, because the tall one was still there. <laughs> I was hoping it was the tall one.
1: Um, she would be missed the least. Um, <laughs>
0: because cause when they showed that image, I was like, is the tall one still there? And I was like, yes. Yes, she is.
1: They were all pretty interchangeable, except for the tall one. So Matt basically takes her back home, uh, and she... What is it. Oh, she asks him a question where he thinks that he really needs to help her, and that is, who is St. Bart? <laughs> uh, I don't know. Just so ridiculous then she becomes a total major bitch to him without really even noticing it um she basically goes through everything in her life that was awesome and perfect and turned out just the way she wanted she was just rubbing the salt in that wound that i guess she didn't know was there
0: yeah uh, well she i don't at this point in time she didn't really know what happened between them so it was like she didn't realize well, I guess because she's still thirteen, she doesn't realize like what she's saying is actually affecting him, I
1: mean yeah, I mean, it? he actually says at one point uh, she she either chose not to notice this or didn't notice this. I feel like they're trying to say that she's so innocent she didn't notice it, but you'd have to be blind and deaf not to notice when she said was it She asked him if he ever felt some sort of like perfect love for someone or whatever, and he was like. Not since high school. Who did he um, know in high school? What other girl did he know in high school besides her? Uh, that, I don't know. I that, mean... That's
0: oddly specific. When Well, do you think he meant to say, like, not since middle school? Because they were obviously in middle school at the time.
1: Yeah. Oh, no, yeah, he said middle school, right? Yeah, um,
0: so it was her, right?
1: Yeah. Uh, well, I don't think anyone else would put up with his creepy stalkerish ways, to be honest.
0: Oh, yeah. He He did not have friends
1: yeah he he meets he meets people by taking pictures of them. he actually walked out of that classroom door taking pictures of some of people who were shielding themselves from him i didn't Uh... so was it she's going to a party in a limo and she wants matt to come and he'll think about it honestly if i were matt i would never see her again at that point I'd be like, nope, not not falling for that again. She literally ditched me to be popular.
0: Yeah, but on the flip side, a fancy party downtown with like free drinks.
1: Okay, yeah, maybe. Um, uh, okay, like he's like
0: he's like a struggling photographer in a really nice apartment.
1: <laughs> That's right. The square footage of his apartment, no matter which part of New York he's in, that has to be so expensive. Um, I
0: mean, it, like, there were stairs going down, <laughs> like, and he had a full bookshelf wall. Like, I dream of that.
1: He was, he's apparently doing very well. He's the heir to the Flemhef fortune.
0: I guess. But the, you know, the photography's just paying the bills.
1: Yes, that's right. But obviously he has some sort of fortune somewhere. Maybe that's why he's such a catch to this, to getting ahead of ourselves, because totally skipping over the perfectly choreographed spontaneous group dance his his girlfriend or oh his friend wait fiance just gotta make that one clear what was her name
0: i don't know i called her jenna too because she looked just like like they looked exactly the same
1: she looked like what would really happen if the younger jenna grew up yeah and didn't become jennifer garner So, you know what, I just realized they were calling Jennifer Garner Jenna in this movie. That had to be pretty easy for her to stick with. (laughs) Like, hey, Jenna. Except for the
0: the first scene, they call her Gina. uh... (laughs) Or they call the little version Gina.
1: Hey, it's Jenna. Oh, take the picture. So back to the party with the free drinks, and now that you mention it, I would so be there. She gets there, and she orders a pina colada, not virgin. She has her ID, she'll totally show it to you. Just so you know. Did you notice when she got there, she took a piece of shrimp and threw it behind herself at someone?
0: No, I did not. I thought she ate it. I had no idea.
1: She ate half of it and threw the tail. That's crazy. I don't know. Even if you're 13 years old, your parents teach you not to throw your crap on the floor.
0: She doesn't care, because she's uh, 30 and thriving.
1: (laughs) Yeah, and... Fabulous. Oh, that was thirty flirting, flirty, thriving. I, I think so. She either way. She is thirty years old, and she don't give a shit. So she's gonna throw that shrimp tail wherever she wants. Cut to uh her second or third or however many pina coladas she's down at this point.
0: It had to be a lot because they're just bringing them to her.
1: Yeah, and at that point, she she gives the best. I've got a pretty good buzz going eyes to the chick who brings her the fresh one. She's like, thank you. She eats the pineapple and throws that too. And it hits the same guy. (laughs) Oh no.
0: (laughs) I did realize that was the same guy. That's so funny.
1: I noticed the brown jacket and I was like, that's the same guy. I feel bad for him. I mean, he must think that someone has it out for him because that was a nice jacket. And so far it's got shrimp and pineapple on it. The party is a stinker, right? Yeah. Or there's a stink bomb or something. That's
0: what um uh the uh, editor-in-chief um yeah. What's his name? The British one. Yeah. An- um Andy Circus, this... who is unrecognizable in this movie.
1: Yes. Whoa. Uh he is well, we have to ask if he's gay in this movie because it's so hard to tell.
0: I had no I had no idea. <laughs> I don't uh, I don't know. Cuz I felt like he was like I thought he had a thing with Jenna, like, the way he was, like, looking at her all the time. So I was like, are they, like, secretly fucking? And then, like, at the end, that whole, like, reveal at the end, whatever. But, like, I didn't even realize that was Andy Serkis until I, like, I looked up IMDb. Because he, he, he mo-caps everything now, so...
1: Really? Uh, well, I had no idea who he was, so... Oh, know. he's,
0: like, he's, um, Smeagol in Lord of the Rings and Caesar. Oh, and that's Apes.
1: why his face looked familiar to me. Yeah. Okay, okay, yeah. Then I know his work well. May- yeah, okay. I could see him le- creepily leaning over her, saying, My precious. <laughs> I don't know. Fix
0: this party, my precious. And then I know. she goes out and, <laughs> and starts dancing, yeah.
1: Well, after, you know, she tells that girl that she is frizzy.
0: Oh, um, that was so great.
1: I uh, I laughed out loud. Oh, no. Uh, what is it? She's mean and frizzy yep. And she doesn't like her
0: You know what? You are rude and mean and sloppy and frizzy I don't like you at all Then she so... she stomps over to DJ Swoop White Bear That's the DJ's name <laughs> I had to look it up
1: Wait. Swoop White Bear Right? <laughs>
0: yeah oh,
1: I love that so much so Swoop White Bear, he's got to play that MJ because everybody loves MJ and everybody has that vinyl. So, it's time for the um the spontaneous, perfectly choreographed group dance.
0: Yeah, well they well we know she knows how to do the dance because she was practicing it in her basement by herself, but then like
1: well, I mean, this is a dance that, pro- that that there's a pretty good chance some people would know, yeah. but not perfectly and in, in tune with everyone else. And
0: like, Big Ruffalo instantly starts going off. He looks a little, like, uncoordinated, but he knows the moves.
1: Yeah, he does. He's, he's being embarrassed at the first part, but then he really gets into it, and suddenly people are jumping off of balconies to come and get onto this dance mob thing. It would be amazing it, if people reacted this way in real life but everyone would be really uncomfortable in watching that drunk chick wail around on the dance floor
0: i don't know i've been to a couple weddings where it's like i'm gonna go start this (laughs) and you start dancing and then everybody's like oh let's go do the 14 versions of cha-cha slide (laughs)
1: uh okay i well then i stand corrected okay um (laughs)
0: You just I, need that one person that looks worse than you, and then everybody's willing to just go out there.
1: That's true. Okay, yeah. No, I feel it now. Um, I, I personally remember being the only person at a club on the dance floor with two of my friends. They're, the club was full, and no one else no one.
0: came. Oh, I've been there.
1: Just dancing straight in the middle of the floor. Two, Taylor Swift's Shake It Off. So
0: Okay, yeah. well, not to shake it off. It was probably some EDM track I don't know about. But, like, yeah, I've been there.
1: Yeah. That's that's the experience where I think possibly no one's going to join in, but it's good that they did because otherwise this would have been a disaster. But 13-year-old Jenna has all the answers. After the spontaneous, perfectly choreographed group dance, Beaver is out. So, he just disappears. I missed something where I'm not sure if it was maybe the same night or the next night, but they're at the bar. I
0: think, I don't know, because I think the movie takes place over a month. I think so. I think it takes place over a month. So I, it was probably like the next night or something. Yeah. Um, but this bar scene was the cringiest thing I've ever seen in my
1: oh life. Oh my gosh, she's hitting on a 13-year-old here. Tom Tom, Rin she she's talking about that super hot guy over there who's checking her out. No, he's not. He is not attractive even a little bit.
0: Wait, but maybe he's like 2004 hot. No.
1: No, no, no. Um, it doesn't matter 2004 or whatever. Not hot. I'm just calling it. He's He is He's in a suit and that's how they attempted to make him look hot. But <laughs> no. To the, I mean, maybe she saw that he was well adjusted and uh in a suit. So that instantly makes him hot. Rintinton's standards are low cuz, you know, <laughs> She didn't pay for that nose job all on her own. So.
0: Well, like, so she walks over to this 13-year-old. And I, okay, so. I have movie empathy. So, like, I, like, when I see something very cringy in movies, I can't watch the movie. So I had to pause this scene. I was like, I cannot. Because I feel so embarrassed for her. Like, that's just, like, my max empathy. And I'm like, no, no, what are you doing? Um. The notes i wrote was no with about a (laughs) hundred i um i
1: i tried to ignore this as hard as i knew it was coming and still even i thought was it uh tom tom she says exactly what everyone who's watching it is thinking and is what what was that she said are you trying to get arrested that's a 13 year old very specifically that's a 13 year old by the way because you know she asked before they left Then, I guess, after they leave the club, Naked Guy appears. Um, Jenna doesn't know his name still. I don't know his name still.
0: He's very forgettable. Well, no, he's not that forgettable.
1: (laughs) Vanilla Ice, I guess I'll affectionately call him right now. He, He was the most cringy part of the movie for me, just because... I don't know. That actor played that part so well to be just a friggin' idiot, but...
0: But I don't. I don't think he was acting that well. I just think that actor's dumb.
1: <laughs> I, mean, I don't know. He was. He wasn't douchey. He was just. Well, he was just dumb.
0: I mean, he is a hockey player, so yeah. I mean, Like, like takes take a lot of fights or like hits to the head. I guess. I don't know.
1: I hope so. I mean, what was it? Oh, he's part of the. What was it? The New York Kings? I don't think that's right. Yeah,
0: I had to. I had to look that up i don't know anything about sports
1: no i don't either he's part of he's part of a hockey team he's not the best player but he's the player with the best ass courtesy of TomTom. Tom. so matt and uh, jenna 2.0 come over this is the first time we see her and there's this crazy passive aggressive tension i think the 13 year old jenna doesn't notice it but I feel like 30-year-old Jenna would have noticed it and been so horrible she would have crushed Jenna 2.0 if she had been in her right mind. That's just what I think. And uh, then she can't remember Naked Guy's name, so Matt fills her in on it. And I, I, I guess they're playing Battleship and sinking Destroyers and stuff, and then comes the Vanilla Ice, and I cringed so hard.
0: Oh my god, yeah, it was awful. That was, I also had to pause the movie for this, too.
1: Uh, the, there was a cringe warning there. For all who will watch this movie in the future, cringe warning. So, getting out of the apartment, thank god. I guess she's back at poise again, and they're talking about the remodel. That thing on Jenna's finger, I thought it was like some sort of candy witch's finger. I guess it was a fruit roll-up, someone had to tell me.
0: Yeah, it was a fruit you never done that?
1: No. no I never did that. I, I don't eat fruit roll-ups. I think I've had one maybe once, but that made me think that made me feel like she was definitely being very juvenile. I, it actually sold it to me when I thought it was a witch's finger, and I still feel the same way about the fruit roll-up.
0: It was not my favorite thing to eat at at like before, but I've definitely done that before.
1: Yeah, I, I could see that.
0: But normally I'll just, like, wad it up into a ball. This, yep. is, this is off the point of this movie. She's definitely eating candy off her finger in a meeting, a very important meeting.
1: Which, and then she stands up and does something that no 13-year-old would do, which is takes over the entire conversation. Or she stands up and makes a big, amazing speech, and everyone claps, and she feels great. And then her secretary comes and, what was it, reads her messages to her? Yeah. And someone leaves her a message saying that she hopes that she dies in one of her casual pants suits. Basically, they're they're now trying to drive home the point that Jenna was a really bad person before. Then, oh yeah, was it Tracy's husband or uh, yeah, Tracy's husband from uh, uh, the art, art department? Uh, yeah, yeah, the
0: art department. Yeah,
1: he comes in and is the creepiest person in the whole world, even creepier than a thirteen-year-old stalker, Matt.
0: Yeah, like uh yeah, I called him a uh, big beaver cuz little beaver is creepy and this guy is like big be- I have I big know. names for everybody in this movie. <laughs> yeah, that was the that was crazy. And then she doesn't like call security. I would immediately call security. No, she just walks out. Just walks away really quickly. Maybe she's
1: maybe she's smart enough to realize that she was actually carrying this on beforehand.
0: Yeah, that's true.
1: I don't know. Uh, either way, Mr. Pookie, creepy Big Beaver. He gets a shot to the nuts, and then she is going home. Where's the point at which she actually goes home? Because I know there's a she... montage where she feels bad about the person she is.
0: Yeah, well, it's after she overhears uh, Tom Tom talking shit about her, and then she goes home.
1: Okay, yeah, then she then she goes home, and yeah, then Matt tells Jenna what it was that she did. That's the part after after she goes home. And she realizes all at once that she's a horrible person and has been for a long time. So then we get a sad song and she goes home and her room is turned into a workout room. And I, well, I live with an Apple person, someone who works at Apple. So every time I see an Apple in a movie, uh, I call an Apple alert. So we see, uh, yes, so Apple alert. There's an apple in her old room right next to the treadmill.
0: I immediately noticed that as well because I'm I'm and kind of work for Apple, so it's like
1: <laughs> yeah. So she goes and has a breakdown in that closet downstairs. If I saw my if her parents come home, if I saw my adult daughter in a downstairs basement closet, rocking back and forth the first thing i would think is that she's had some sort of mental breakdown a stroke or is on drugs so that's basically the end of her feeling sad thing and she cries and uh, jenna's mom's motherly wisdom powers activate and jenna now is rejuvenated to go and uh get some razzles with matt
0: Yeah, and she has, what, two weeks, four hours, and four minutes to uh, rebrand an entire magazine?
1: Yep. But first, gotta have those razzles.
0: Oh my god, the razzles.
1: They did the whole, you know, romantic thing, whatever. The whole time, I just kept thinking, he has a fiancé, she has a naked guy, they both full well know that they're really vibing on each other more than they should be. Yeah. She did tell Matt that she feel that she thinks she's thirteen right now. So is he yeah. patronizing her by saying, I bet I could beat you at the jump? Hmm.
0: I never I didn't I didn't think about that. That's so strange.
1: Cause like essentially she's told everyone and anyone who will listen that she thinks she's thirteen, which would get most people committed.
0: Yeah, but he's falling in love with her. So what does that say about him?
1: Uh he is he has been creepy always and will be forevermore because he's falling in love with someone who thinks they're 13 the fake falling off of the swing set i cringed so hard that was the cringiest part of the movie for me
0: (laughs) the fake yeah yeah well it wasn't that bad well to me it wasn't that bad not the like whole pedophile in the bar thing but like
1: no yeah that was bad yeah or the vanilla ice dance okay yeah there were some cringes in this movie worse than that
0: that vanilla ice dance was so distracting I was
1: like, I can't uh, watch this. yeah. I don't know. I you know, I think maybe he was a bit smarter, Dirk Squarejaw, naked guy. He was a bit smarter than he seemed, because he made an actually really good sex pun there. She's was like, Let's play Battleship and he's like, I'll show you my destroyer.
0: And then immediately I was like, the destroyer's his penis.
1: Yes, <laughs> it is. And he shows it. Those were the most see-through underwear I've ever seen. They were also kind of yellow. <laughs> <laughs> getting getting off of the... I mean, the, he's a famous
0: hockey player. Why would he buy new underwear every week?
1: True. I don't know. Maybe they're his lucky underwear. He never washes them, just like a sumo wrestler. Uh, uh, so bad. Thinking about that, actually, that makes that whole scene even worse for me. So Jenna and Matt, they do a kiss that they neither one of them seems to feel guilty about jenna 2.0 matt has totally forgotten about her and then jenna has a what was it she has a sleepover with a bunch of 13 year old girls who i don't know in new york city i would be a little wary of some 30 year old single woman just inviting a bunch of teenagers over to her apartment for a sleepover
0: Hmm. i know but obviously but But what about the parents going, man, we could go out for once? Yeah. But, like, where did she find all those children? Because we only met one so far. I guess those are all her friends? And she was, like, dishing out some pretty good, like, wisdom, like, nugget wisdom, wisdom nuggets, like, to that little girl.
1: Well, I think there's a difference between dishing out wisdom nuggets and quoting Pat Benatar.
0: Oh, that's definitely... Oh, well...
1: I mean... Well, not realizing it was Pat Benatar now. No. Well, actually, not even quoting her, ripping her off, because she took all the credit for saying that stuff. I, she totally did, to, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if she told those little girls, I wrote that song for Pat Benatar when I was 13, and she loved it so much she made a music video.
0: Just, Just to try to be cool, because not only did you invite them to the apartment for a sleepover, you're probably giving them all your stuff.
1: Yeah. Oh, I forgot. The shopping spree that uh, 13-year-old Jenna went on with, adult Jenna's credit card, that's going to come back to bite 30-year-old Jenna in the ass.
0: Yeah, yeah, it will.
1: Yeah, because that... How one... many
0: hats did she buy? There was like five hat boxes.
1: I don't know. She she was having a, a pretty cold, top-of-head day, so she needed a lot of hats.
0: But she didn't wear a hat the entire movie.
1: <laughs> no, she did wear a ribbon, though, when she entered her super innocent Saiyan form.
0: So you're saying there was a ribbon in that box. I like it.
1: <laughs> uh, maybe no, there was there was just so many razzles in those boxes. <laughs> <laughs> so many razzles. So revamp of the magazine day. Rintinton's presentation. That was awesome. But also terrifying.
0: <laughs> um I thought it was all okay, so like at your graphic design. I thought it was the worst thing I've ever seen.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, I think it was awesome for the reason that it explained her character some more. That she. Oh, that's just... definitely true. But yeah, it was also terrible. I would never read a magazine or even look at a magazine twice. That, uh, what was it? It was calling it "fashion suicide."
0: Yeah, it was like "fashion eats the O.D." That was the tagline.
1: Oh, the, there's so many. Trigger warnings with that whole thing. You can't just make a magazine about that. The PR department would have a field day.
0: Especially in, like, a post-9-11 New York. It's like, oh, come on. Yeah. We don't need this.
1: Sure. And 9-11 was only three years ago at that point, so, yeah, now it's ODing on fashion drugs and fa- committing fashion suicide. It was, it was, to say the least, terrible on purpose, but... But I, I
0: actually think that magazine would do good.
1: Yeah, probably. I'm sure there are magazines out there like that. I am not very invested in the whole magazine world. I'm sure I'll do some more research on it when hopefully the Devil Wears product comes up. (laughs) When, not if, uh, because it must happen. Jenna has her presentation, and there's a standing ovation for it.
0: That presentation was very... I was like, I felt like the presentation was like a like a science fair project, but then yes. I realized she was 13, and it, like she doesn't know technology. She was even scared by her cell phone. Yeah, so. that's
1: right. She was scared by the cell phone. Can you hear that? What is that? <laughs> so, standing ovation, people crying, awesome, Jen has saved the day, but, you know, her her past that she did not commit is coming back to haunt her, and it all falls apart.
0: So, so... Post- or pre-old Jenna must have been the dumbest person to leave evidence like that in your open desk in your office. Like, it's just...
1: I mean, it was the most Scooby-Doo-ish evidence that I ever saw. I was like, thanks, Jenna, for all of the ideas. A picture of Poise's, or a picture of Sparkle's front page. That, That was great, but then... Tintin, she decides that she's gonna totally take over this whole plan, and she upturns Jenna's entire deal. And in the process, gets was gets Matt to sign over all of his pictures by being oh the biggest bitch in the world.
0: That is so smart. I'm like I was like, go Judy Greer. Yes. You get yours.
1: That <laughs> was very intelligent of her, actually. That made her even more evil geniusy than future Jenna. So I guess, you know, the master will always be the master. So she what was it? There's a whole big old thing, right? Um Uh Jenna was this a part where Jenna talks to Rintintin and then she tells her the whole story? Yes. Oh the pot and kettle thing, yeah. Cause they're both yeah. black, uh, racist. Um, <laughs> just saying.
0: Uh, <laughs> I wasn't even thinking that, but like. Well, the way she know. said it made but, me think that. Well, I had a, well, I had a, I had a previous girlfriend who would say like things like that, but like her tone would get really deep. I'm like, that's that's really racist. Don't <laughs> don't say that. Just never do that again. <laughs> the same girlfriend who like turned to me in the middle of Django Unchained, be like, "Can I, can I laugh at this?"
1: And... Oh God, no. Yes, um, yes. Yes. No. I don't know. <laughs> After the the <laughs> pot and the kettle being black, Rin Tin Tin overturns Jenna's whole idea. Sparkle Magazine was very amenable to this because Jenna hasn't been talking to them for almost a month and a half now.
0: Yeah, it had been
1: so they they're basically all right they're they're ready to give tom tom the job she releases she unleashes the entire plan like a scooby-doo villain she tells her the whole thing not that she was planning it from the beginning but then suddenly everything clicks into place for jenna and now the only thing she has left is going to find matt and ruining his marriage
0: or trying to ruin his marriage I
1: I think this is a very (sighs) this is a very very 13 year old idea that she's going for here it was very very innocent of her to think that everything would just pan out for the best
0: yeah but also why was that wedding at his childhood home
1: uh convenience basically so Jenna could find them immediately she wasn't invited she had no idea where it was
0: no, she had no idea. It makes me think she was like gonna go home and like cry to mom and dad, and it was like, oh, there's a wedding here.
1: Uh, I don't know. I I think possibly, but she seemed to run to run to go find a taxi. I think she knew exactly where she was going. Also, Chris Grandy is back. <laughs> if she's single, he definitely wants a number. <laughs> so she goes. Activates her super secret ninja powers and sneaks into this wedding with no one—not even her mother—noticing her.
0: Wait, wait, wait! Her mom was invited to the wedding.
1: Yeah, she. There's a part where her mother was talking to someone, maybe even her father, and she sneaks right past, right past her, with flowers in front of her face.
0: Which so I, everyone's invited to this wedding, but Jenna.
1: Well, yeah, Jenna 2.0 specified that she did not want the real Jenna there. Oh, oh yeah. Because of that passive-aggressive tension.
0: Oh, but invite her parents. Let's just stick that knife a little bit
1: deeper. Well, maybe Jenna's parents were still nice to Matt and the Flemhoffs after um, after she became an uber-bitch and the 7th 6th chick. I'm going to have to go back and see which 6th chick disappeared so that Jenna could be the 6th sixth, sixth or 7th. I don't know.
0: Did you know that one of the six This is out of, out of blue. Yeah. One of the 6th chicks was Brie Larson. What? by the way Brie Larson uh, uh I know the name she, she was in room oh that
1: movie so, oh <laughs> so sad so the daughter from the United States of Terra
0: Oh yeah 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 and then uh she's Captain Marvel in you know wow. uh the, the, the well, soon to be Avengers movie There you go which that'd be like a small 13 going on 30 reunion
1: There you, wait Cause, yeah that's right cuz Mark Ruffalo right yeah. Um. There you go. So Jenna goes and asks Matt to totally jilt his prospective wife and just run away with her. She's being horrible to everyone. She's not considering anyone but herself here.
0: I mean, she, she's like in the middle of the wedding with the, uh, just, I don't know. She's living up to her uh, pre-Jenna, pre-30 Jenna.
1: It seems like even though like she's all innocent and 13-year-old Jenna She's still 13, so she's not handling any of this at all, right? So, you know, Matt gives her back the magical wishing dust house, the Jenna Dream house. Um, and Which he,
0: which, which he rebuilt, because he told her that she smashed it in front of him. So the fact that the house is in perfect condition... Yeah. Yeah, uh, means that he rebuilt it and then kept it for 17 years.
1: That is the biggest torch I've ever seen anyone carry, even though they're not friends anymore and he's totally over her. He actually told her at this point, I used to feel that way, but I'm over it now. I've moved on. Um, <laughs> Apparently not. Because no. he wouldn't have taken that opportunity to say, wait, here's this really sentimental thing that I want you to have. I don't know why he would do that. That's very counterintuitive there. I- either way. She gets back the the magical Jenna Dream House with all the creepy pictures and everything in it. Still, the glitter is on the roof. The magical wishing dust. She, you know, runs out of there crying. No one sees her again. Her magical ninja powers are still activated, and she goes and sits and cries on the front the front stoop of her childhood home. Right. Yeah. And then, you know, she makes her her thirty year old wish to be thirteen again. You know, you know, she never actually chanted anything this time, so I'm not sure how the magical wishing dust works. She didn't say anything about No Place Like Home, but I guess it just knew what was in her heart of hearts, like the package said. So she's back to the 80s, and Madonna is playing. I forgot to mention that in the first place that Madonna was playing. Uh, This movie actually is the reason why I have Crazy For You on my iphone or on my music (laughs) list so i guess she has a chance to do it all over again right yep and well
0: actually she gets teleported back before she made the first wish that's right which you would think that she would go back one for one but then uh beaver would be mad at her so she had to go back further in time maybe it was more powerful the second time around
1: that magical wishing dust seems to have a lot of power. It looked like he bought it at a convenience store. I don't know. Maybe if they had expanded on this a little bit, it would have shown him going to some sort of macabre shop that was run by a mysterious figure that suddenly disappeared as soon as he walked out of the door.
0: There's a there's a theory on Reddit about this movie that uh that uh, Matt is a warlock <laughs> who <laughs> where he sets all this up into motion just so he could get what he wants what he wants in the end so a time he makes controlling like a magical stalker. yeah so he makes like a magical totem which is the house nice and uh like some uh magical dust to finish up the spell and he casts a spell on her and then you know he gets he gets what he wants in the end
1: i i think that's actually that that theory makes more sense than the dream thing maybe he brought the keytar to finish the spell or just make it make her hate her current life so much that she made a wish to go away
0: and the key card was like just what it needed to make everything that bad
1: yep he's the mastermind of this entire movie <laughs> he is a time traveling warlock stalker and he got tired of waiting so <laughs> he expedited this paid extra for overnight shipping and now she's got a little bit of perspective and she's ready just to jump his beaver bones <laughs>
0: You mean his uh, his beaver baby fat? Yes. Uh, she, she jumps yeah.
1: all over him. <laughs> and she's done this before, as he says. Hint, hint, because he knows she has. And, oh yeah, she grabs his hand. We're going to be late, she says. So I'm still under the impression that this magical wishing dust or Matt's warlock powers stole 17 years of their life away. Hmm. I mean, I personally wouldn't want to go through middle school and high school again, and I would gladly expedite all of that just to, you know, get out of it. but. 17 years is a long time to just skip over.
0: Oh, I'd love to redo high school.
1: <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I'm thinking either this magical wishing dust is evil or indifferent or, you know, like I'm I'm more on the side of that Matt being a warlock thing now. He just got tired of being 13. Maybe he's a million. Maybe he's he is the the magical maybe he's merlin yep he's merlin <laughs> yeah uh matt is merlin um it's even they even have the same letter merlin flemhoff yep that's it um
0: i'm down for that okay maybe that's why he's so amazed by razzles <laughs> like it's a hard candy that turns into gum
1: <laughs> what sorcery is this <laughs> he so they they run out of there oh yeah um Jenna takes the time to tear up that paper that she wrote for Renton Tin Tin and call her a biatch, knocks that drink out of her hands, and then they get to have a happily ever after to Madonna, which was great. So yeah, they had a they they moved into the Jenna Dream House if you noticed because that house was pink.
0: I did. Yeah, it was pink. Yeah, I and it looked real unlike the other two houses.
1: Yeah, it did. It it was well they moved into the Jenna Dream House which is. Which is more fuel for my, maybe this was a dream theory, but now I'm totally on board with the uh, The Merlin-Flemhoff. They go outside, all of their shit's still sitting in the lawn, so they're just moving in. And they get on the couch, and I I was watching this movie with my friend, and as soon as they sat down on that couch, he screamed at the television. Get your shoes off that white couch.
0: Oh my god, I hate that trope so much. The, uh, sit on your couch in the front yard trope.
1: Why didn't they put that in- They they went to the trouble to move that out of the truck halfway to the door.
0: No, but he needed to sit down and eat some razzles, because that is the last thing he does.
1: Oh yeah, razzles Mrs. Flemhoff.
0: Jenna Flemhoff.
1: So Mr. and Mrs. Flemhoff are eating their razzles. Jenna is now the warlock queen, and it's a happily ever after. So, I guess this sort of wraps up our, our little recap review. We are now going into what we'll be calling Peter's Amazon Hour, uh, and oh. you will get to read us some lovely Amazon reviews of this movie.
0: So, like, I was going through the Amazon reviews, and everybody really loves this movie. There, there's only one really, really good review, and it's... Uh... And it it definitely mentions something that I didn't realize when I watched it. Um, So the review is, uh, Although this movie is often inaccurately referred to as the girly version of Tom Hanks' Big, the movie is actually much more and so much better. Whereas the previous movie, Hanks' character stays in 1980s and then receives instant adulthood, in this movie an element of time travel is involved when a 13-year-old Jenna goes to sleep and wakes up in 2004. Okay, so when Jenna does like wake up in the apartment, I thought she was still in 1987. Really? Well, because it was her apartment is very retro, so I had no idea what to think, but as soon as that like cell phone goes off, I was like, "Oh no."
1: Oh yeah, that's right. That review was pretty accurate, I guess.
0: I mean, well, it's just laying out the the movie, but she's saying specifically it's much better because she transports in time or her consciousness t- transports in time to 2004. Let's see. Here's another one. This one's great. I thought this movie was going to be raunchy and totally inappropriate for my preteen daughters. <laughs> Boy, was I wrong. <laughs> Not only was it funny, but it also had an awesome message about popularity and shallowness. Well,
1: I mean, yeah. The, that's That hits the nail on the head. I don't know about raunchy. Well, I don't know. I mean, that destroyer was pretty inappropriate for preteen daughters. Did you have any more amazon reviews that you wanted to read no because they all
0: say the same thing
1: so i guess you know
0: moving past
1: uh peter's amazon hour review session (laughs) so final thoughts
0: yeah no it was great um i yeah i really enjoyed it i think i gave it four out of five razzles
1: (laughs) (laughs) um yeah maybe i would give it 3.5 thingies uh <laughs>
0: <Thanks>. Yeah. Um
1: <laughs> Would you recommend it to anyone?
0: No, I I actually I did. Um so my girlfriend's ever seen a movie and I was like, I think you need to see this. Um and then I started telling her everything about the plot and I was like, I'm going to stop cuz she is completely against anything that even sounds like a spoiler for anything. Um I don't know. Yeah, I was recommending it to everybody.
1: So. Yeah, I mean I would, you know, actually I guess I have recommended this movie as well. This is actually, I guess, probably the 10 millionth time I've watched this. Um, so, yeah. 13 going on 30. Good movie. Watch it. So, wrapping up here, uh, where can the listeners find you?
0: Oh, um, I'm on Twitter. Um, at Zen Zuma, Z-E-N-Z-O-O-M-A. And then I do a bi-weekly video game and board game podcast called Peter vs. Peter.
1: You guys can find me on Twitter. At Redford underscore Ray, R E D F O R D. Ray is R A Y. You'll be able to find the podcast on iTunes, probably Stitcher, mostly anywhere that um, podcasts can be found. On Twitter, we are at amateur underscore critics. We also have a Tumblr, Amateur Movie Critics Cast. And uh, if you are interested in maybe being a guest host or if you have that recommendation for a movie that we should watch you can email us at amateurmoviecritics2016 at gmail.com and that really annoying part at the end of a youtube video where we ask you to comment rate and subscribe is right here so fill in all that information for yourselves
0: and then uh Oh, and then I, I decided on the next movie, so we, should, we can announce it now so everybody watches it, uh, I guess. Okay, cool. Uh, we're going to do 13 Ghosts, because that movie is so bad. I love it. And it's the exact opposite of this movie. Perfect.
1: For those of you who don't know, Peter and I did a test episode before you know, we did the official first episode. We did Fifty Shades of Grey, so this guy is amazing at doing bad movies. So definitely tune in for the next episode. I'm Red,
0: and uh, I'm Peter.
1: For now, our we have a placeholder sign off? You know, stay amateur or whatever. Uh, if you <laughs> stay, stay amateur, yeah, or whatever. <laughs> oh you know. no,
0: that sounds that sounds that sounds raunchy.
1: <laughs> well, I only watch like, amateur, so
0: <laughs> like this movie should be. Uh... Oh
1: god, only when Vanilla Ice is playing.
0: Oh my god his Penis was so distracting, <laughs>
1: anyway. Um, I guess this is signing off, do you want to do an annoying thing where we say it in unison?
0: I what stay amateur, uh, yeah,
1: yeah, uh, okay. Um, until bye. next time, stay, stay amateur, amateur,
0: awesome, perfect, strangers <laughs> making <laughs> the most of two by two.